Bloomberg. Todd Haley got hurt. Celebrating during New Year's. I don't want to say anything that I don't know anything about, so I'm just going to leave this right here. Todd Haley got hurt. Celebrating New Year's. And he'll be back at some point this week. I wonder if we finally see Todd Haley in the press box. Upstairs in the booth with the binoculars. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Happy New Year. It is the year of excellence 2.0. Which means we're actually going to follow through with the year of excellence this time around. Trying to watch my figure. You all know that because if I do not have a six-pack by the end of the month, I need to get my belly button pierced. Also trying to make the show a great one. And we're well on our way. 300% growth thus far on the Crowley Show. Very proud of that. And you got to get in. We're the cool kids right now. We're the cool kids. We're this grassroots movement. And all y'all out there who aren't on board, get on board. Because we're cooler than anything they do across the street. Mad's been doing it for too long to be cool. We're the new, hip, young, cool thing going on. In fact, I'm wearing a beanie right now. Joe can attest. Joe, I'm wearing a beanie. Yeah, I'm wearing a beanie. Joe's shaking his head. I'm wearing a beanie. Inside. It's very warm in here. I'm wearing layers. I've also been waxed. And as somebody who has been waxed before, I thought it would be a little bit easier this time around. When I had my leg waxed, it was okay. You get your chest waxed, you get your belly waxed. It's not great. And if that pain is exceeded by the pain of the belly button piercing. If that were to happen, my God. I'm so itchy right now, people. No, Kelly Clarkson! I'm gross. My wife got home from Baltimore this weekend. She was out of town hanging with her college friends, and when she got back, I was not wearing a shirt, and, well, she was mortified. I look like Kim Possible's... This is not a good look for me! Naked mole rat. I think no, Mike Thomas. Should... We got it. Wait, look, look at what we're doing here. Look at what we're doing here. It's the year of excellence. We're already screwing things up. We got no rhythm. I wonder if that's what the Steelers are going to be like after the bye week, Joe. Are the Steelers going to not have their rhythm? Antonio hadn't played with Ben for a little while. I don't buy in any of that, but we'll talk about that later on in the show. Nope. Mike Tomlin should be the coach of the year in the NFL. Steelers are 13-3. and three. That's their best mark under Tomlin. It's their best mark since 2004. The Steelers set out to get the bye this year, and they set out to finish first in the AFC North. They wanted to finish with the best record in the AFC. They did all those things. They did what Mike Tomlin wanted them to do, and it was stated that that was their goal at the beginning of the year. Now, they wanted to beat New England in order to host the AFC Championship game. They lost, but on a technicality. It counts as a loss, but the Steelers know that they can beat those Patriot bastards. After the AFC Championship game, Ben said that he was thinking about a possible retirement. These are all the things Mike Tomlin had to deal with this year. Dan Rooney passed away this offseason. Le'Veon Bell didn't show up for training camp. Martavis Bryant was suspended for a large chunk of training camp. 
Then after the anthem controversy, the Steelers thumped the Ravens. That could have fractured the team. Alejandro Villanueva apologized. He didn't have to apologize, but then Ben apologized for Villanueva having to apologize, and it was a whole thing. The national media was swarming. Tomlin was only asked questions about the controversy during the press conference. Then the Steelers went out and thumped the Ravens. Thumped them! Antonio Brown threw a temper tantrum in that game, and he threw the Gatorade cooler. Ben then on his radio show called A.B., this baby, and he created an even bigger distraction, saying he wished more guys act like Heath Miller. Ben then threw five interceptions against Jacksonville and said, maybe I don't have it anymore. Martavis Bryant wasn't catching the football, so he bitched. He asked for a trade. His girlfriend called out the organization on social media. Martavis Bryant was mum in the locker room, but ripped Juju Smith-Schuster on Instagram. Marcus Gilbert was suspended for four games for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Then Ryan Shazier was lost for the year in one of the most horrific injuries that I've ever seen on the football field. Mike Tomlin helped keep the team together to win that game, and the teams responded only losing to New England down the stretch. The Steelers have their best record under Mike Tomlin in a season filled with turmoil, The question I have for you, is this the best job that Mike Tomlin's ever done? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. You got to look at it, though, as just the regular season. It's easy to say, well, in 2008, Mike Tomlin led the team to the championship. Hello, that's his best job. But I think this year rivals anything he's done in the past because of everything that they'd had to deal with. And I want to see this guy get credit for what he's done. A lot of people have said that it's easy to win with a roster with this much talent. Two things. Number one, with this talent comes a lot of drama. It ain't Cincy where you got other players beating each other with pool cues and you got players spitting on cops. You don't have that stuff going on here. So let's try to keep that in perspective. But with the talent comes the drama. With the talent comes issues. With the talent comes ego. Tomlin has managed them all very well. Also, Mike Tomlin works with Kevin Colbert to bring in said talent. People say all the time, well, anybody should be able to work with this talent. Okay, anybody should be able to work with Nick Saban's talent. But you got to get the players there. In college, you recruit them. In the National Football League, Mike Tomlin is very involved in the personnel decision-making. He's very much involved in that process, along with Kevin Colbert. It's not an excuse. That's not something you should throw in the face of Mike Tom. Well, anybody could win with this talent. No, you should praise him for bringing in the talent and for developing talent. Mike Hilton comes in. Got 60 tackles, a couple of interceptions, bunch of sacks. That's development right there. Antonio Brown, six-round pick. That's development right there. Well, that's Richard Mann. Well, Richard Mann's here because Mike Tomlin wants Richard Mann to be here. If you think Todd Haley's a good coordinator, he's here because Mike Tomlin wants him to be here. Keith Butler is here because Mike Tomlin wants him to be here. Mike Munchak and so on. I think this is as good a season as the Steelers have had under Mike Tomlin and, in fact, I think it's his best coaching job. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. 
it is not easy to deal with the egos that he has to deal with day in and day out. It's 2018 now. It's a look at me generation. It's a look at me society. Everybody wants to get heard on social media. That's why social media is so big. On Facebook, you want people to think you've got a perfect life. That's why everyone posts pictures of them smiling, not pictures of them frowning. Oh, look at me and my beautiful wife and my dog and my cats. This is what I want you to see. But on the inside, who knows what's going on? I'm happy, by the way. You want people to see you. You want to have people look at you. That's the society we live in, and it doesn't only exist outside of football. It exists just as much, if not more, when you get to the locker room, when you have Antonio Browns and Le'Veon Bells. And Le'Veon, by the way, came out with another rap today. Ben Roethlisberger's a look-at-me guy, too. Sometimes he plays up the injury a little bit. He always says things that are somewhat controversial in his weekly radio show. Like today when he said, I wish Coach Tomlin would have played me against the Cleveland Browns a little bit. I told him that going into the game. Wanted to get some reps. You didn't need to say that, Ben. You said it anyway. There's a certain look-at-me element there. The Steelers have decided they want to pay the price for the talent they bring in. Now, again, these guys aren't players who are getting consistent DUIs. These aren't players who are getting in trouble outside of football. Antonio Brown has never done anything that we know of to get in trouble. But the Steelers would rather have the talent and a little bit of distraction than all these people who are doing everything the right way and a fraction of the talent. But Kevin Colbert, when he's talking with Mike Tomlin about the players he wants to bring in, can say, yo, can you handle this guy? And he can have faith that Mike Tomlin can. And if you can't handle him, like a LeGarrette Blunt, you say, see ya. If you can't handle him, like a James Harrison lately, you say, see ya. But Mike Tomlin has to deal with these personalities. He has to deal with the ego, and I think he does a damn good job. A damn good job. And I think this year, more than any year that I can remember, the Steelers have been faced with a distraction seemingly every week, and yet here they sit at 13-3. and Here they sit with the number two seed in the AFC, despite having the best record in the conference. Mike Tomlin gets criticized all the time for losing to teams he shouldn't lose to, quote-unquote. And this year, the Steelers won 13 of the 16 games they played. There's no room for that criticism this year. Well, they lost to the Bears. Sometimes that happens. No one in the league won more than 13 games this year. It's because teams aren't really supposed to win more than 13 games. I don't understand how you criticize Mike Tomlin this year. And I think he deserves a bleep ton of credit for what this team's been able to accomplish. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Yesterday's games were awesome. That's not true. One of yesterday's games was awesome. Oklahoma, Georgia. You know why it was awesome to me? A little bit of new blood there. Now, Oklahoma was in the playoff a couple of years ago. But you got Baker Mayfield, who adds excitement. You got Georgia, who's never been involved. 
New blood is good. I'm so sick of Alabama. I'm not sick of Clemson yet, but I'll get there because Clemson's right there with Alabama. They've gone to the playoff the last three years. I like variety. Now, in the National Football League, I don't think the Patriots are boring. I don't know if anybody can argue that the New England Patriots are boring. They cheat. They got Brady and Belichick who are entertaining because they're that good of villains. They have Gronk. They got a bunch of white wide receivers. They do it unconventionally. They had Randy Moss. They had Corey Dillon. They had Rodney Harrison. They add James Harrison. All that makes them not at all boring. Just being successful consistently doesn't make you boring. The Penguins aren't boring. The Warriors aren't boring. The Bulls with Michael weren't boring. They had freaking Rodman some of those years. But Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, they bore me. Doesn't mean that they shouldn't be rewarded for their excellence, but dear God, I am tired of them. I'm sick of it. I'm done with the Crimson Tide. And in fact, if you look at the ratings last year, outside of the South, people weren't interested. You're willing to bet it's the same thing this year. I would have loved to see Oklahoma in that game. Oklahoma adds excitement. They have the best player. They play an up-tempo style. They're going to put up a lot of points. That's interesting to me. What's not interesting is seeing the same exact freaking Alabama team win the championship every year. It's different players, but you wouldn't know that. They're all five-star recruits. They're all wearing that stupid crimson. And they're interchangeable. They play great defense, and they don't have a great quarterback. That's the way they play. That doesn't make for exciting football to me. And I know it sounds like sour grapes, like, oh, I wish my team was in it. That's not it at all. I'm tired of seeing them in that game. I'm tired of hearing about how good Alabama is. They are. They're great. Hell, if they win, Nick Saban's going to have won five championships in nine years. He's going to tie Bear Bryant. And he's going to have a statue built in Alabama. Good for him. Good for that guy. But it doesn't mean that it's something I'm going to watch. There's nothing interesting to me about watching a team with all the best players. It's one thing if you out-scheme someone. It's one thing if you're on an even playing field and you find a way to make a couple more plays. Did you watch Alabama Clemson last night? They're not on the same plane. You need to have a great quarterback if you're going to beat Alabama, and clearly Clemson does not. Kelly Bryan's just a dude. Bama rolled him. After they got up a couple of scores, there was no reason to watch the rest of that game. And as much as I'm rooting for Georgia, because I don't want to see Bama win another national championship, I'm afraid we're going to see Bama do what they always do. And I'm afraid that the final score is going to be like 16-2. Give him a safety. I'm done with Bama, man. Done. 412-922-2874. Coming up in five minutes, we're going to hear from Matt Williamson. Steelers Radio Network and Steelers Nation Radio. But at 440, James Harrison, baby. Couple of sacks. How's that get you feeling, Pittsburgh? You're listening to The Crowley Show.
Coming up in 20, James Harrison had two sacks. How cute. Matt Williamson joins me right now, though, from Steelers Nation Radio, the Steelers Radio Network, and, of course, the Locked On NFL Podcast. What's going on, Mr. Williamson? What's up, brother? Good to see you in person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I look good, right? That's it. Put the lid. See? We're trying to make this year the year of excellence, okay? We're young and we're hip, so we wear we wear hats even inside. Right. I kind of look like an elf, though, don't I? I don't know. I just never understood the whole hats inside. Well, if I'm outside... Well, and it keeps me warm. And then I come inside. I never wind up taking it off because then I feel colder then. Okay. I usually keep the jacket on. Mm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Do you? Yes. You're wearing a jacket right now. Just because I'm only here temporarily. Oh, I'm going out okay. I'm slacker. And okay. Take it there and relax. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're yeah. going gonna to take the jacket off then. I'm only here temporarily. Matt Williamson with us here on the Crowley Show. What was the most shocking thing that happened to you this weekend? Not you per se, but happened for you. Uh, it has around to be the, the Bengals football. ending. That was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. And I, I think I commend the NFL actually for putting all those games at four o'clock. That made it fun. You know that there was everyone's going back and forth. The Bills might get in. No way, the Bills are getting in. You know the Ravens are going. Oh, the Ra- Bengals are definitely going to fold. They're chokers. This is over. And then you know the Ravens choke. And you know even Seattle. And I, I thought that was a fun end of the regular season overall. It was, and they got crushed on, on some national media outlets going into the week, the NFL did, yeah, right. uh, about how they canceled the game, and it, it seems like you're kind of putting up the white flag. I thought the contrary, even going in, I thought, this is the only choice you have, because none of the games standing alone mean anything, but if you start if you start putting them all at the same time, I, I think it's a genius move. Yeah, I thought it was really smart. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess it would have been fun if there was a game that... You know, these two teams are battling. If you win, if you're in, or you lose, if you're out. Right. But that Sunday night, something like that, would have made some sense. But the way they did it made all the games worth paying attention to, you know, and, and for the teams that are playing, too, like, you know, Steelers, Patriots. There's great audio and video of the Bills in the locker room celebrating after that pass was completed. And I know in my living room, I about peed down my pants. I mean, it was. So exciting and so improbable. The way the Ravens had been getting pressure on the Bengals and then for the Bengals to be able to complete that that pass and then for Boyd, the Pittsburgh guy, to be able to put the (laughs) death nail in the coffin for the Baltimore Ravens, that was spectacular. And, man, I think Baltimore deserves to get a lot of heat for this, Matt. You can't come out. you got to win that game. you got to win that game. You can't come out and be down multiple scores against that team at home. The fans didn't show up. They didn't show up, and then once they finally came back and took the lead, it's almost like they went, <sighs> okay. Yeah, we got it now. And but they didn't. Not at all. You know, and they had Flacco throw in like 47 times. I mean, that's never a good recipe. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not saying fire Harbaugh because there has been some of that talk the last year or so. I still think he's one of the best coaches in the league, but I do think his seat's starting to heat up a little bit. you got to win that game, though. I mean, there's no way around it. In the end... As are the teams that got in in the AFC, the five and six seeds. You know, Baltimore's not really a playoff team. They're a mediocre team that is super reliant on unbelievable special teams and causing turnovers, and it's hard to win that way, man. Who should the Steelers want to play? Who is their best chance to lose? And same question for New England. Who should they want to play, and who has the best chance of knocking them off? Kansas City definitely has the best chance of knocking them off. Just because they have, they're playing better now. 
they're playing kind of at the level and that they were in week one and where they did go up there and win. I think if you're the Patriots, clearly you do not want to play the Chiefs. Anyone else, you know, Jacksonville can't play them, but I would have said Jacksonville in that conversation sure. just because Brady would get hit. Buffalo and Tennessee, if they get out of the first round, they're going to get destroyed. They're going to get smoked. Destroyed, yeah. I think the Steelers would love to get Tennessee again. I know that can't oh, happen, yeah. but they would love for that to happen. Oh, no, that could happen because Buffalo is the sixth seed. If so Buffalo they, and Tennessee win. Oh, my God. No, no, no. If Buffalo yeah. and Tennessee win, then they could get Tennessee. Those things That's aren't not happening. Going to happen. Do you <laughs> right. do you, do you see it then? Is it is it simple for you? Is it going to be Kansas City playing New England and the Steelers hosting Jacksonville? Yeah, if Tennessee were going to Jacksonville, I think maybe they could upset them because they beat them twice this year. They're familiar with them. They're playing a little better than they were earlier in the year. And Jacksonville's struggling. Bortles thrown five picks in the last two games. The offense isn't going anywhere. I just don't think Buffalo can keep up with them. You know that, that that's just too easy of a matchup for Jacksonville. We'll talk about these matchups in more depth coming up on Friday, Matt. When looking at New England, yeah. When are we allowed to be a little bit concerned about the play of Tom Brady? Yeah, I've said it a few times lately that this past month, five games or so, you know, a lot of it's centered around the MVP conversation. Should it be Gurley or Brady? I'm like, well, he's not playing like he did, and. I thought he was, I mean, the, the weather was really bad in this game. And cl- clearly he leaned on Deion Lewis and Cooks to a degree. But Cooks could have had like 160 yards in this game. You know, like right. missing him and he was open. Gronk did nothing. I thought Brady played bad. I mean, and Jets defense has given him trouble in the past. And they've done some things where you'll see like six and seven defensive backs on the field. Um, but he was missing throws. And he hasn't made big time throws hardly at all the last month or so. He hasn't. Six touchdowns, five interceptions in December. Quarterback rating of 81.6. If you add in what he did against the Jets, he had a quarterback rating of 82 in that game, and his completion percentage was 48.6. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care what you're playing for. Right. If you're Tom Brady. And it wasn't like they were throwing bombs left and right and he no. was missing on deep balls. I mean, there's been a lot of throws of late where you just go, man, did he just miss that one that badly? You know, like, who is this guy? He's still obviously very dangerous, <laughs> yes. don't get me wrong, and a week off might be really all he needs. But at his age and, you know, the the hits he's taken this year, which is more than ever, um, I think it's fair to say maybe he ain't quite what he used to be. Yeah, and let me put it maybe. to you this way. I'm picking New England to win the AFC. Yeah. Because I'm going to, because I, I haven't seen the Steelers knock him off in my life. Really. So I'm not going to pick the Steelers to do that. If they did, I wouldn't be shocked. But I'm not going to pick it. Matt, I think that they're vulnerable. And I got tricked into that last year. But I really do think they're vulnerable this year. Yeah, Their defense isn't great. Tom Brady's not playing great. They have they looked human against Buffalo for a while. Right. They, the Steelers, I thought, were the better team in that game when they played. I think Pittsburgh's better than New England right now. But that doesn't matter. No. You know, it matters when they play, can they win? Yes, they can. And maybe I will pick him to win after I watch these two for a week. Um, but betting against Brady and Belichick is bad business. It is bad business. <laughs> yeah. It's like betting against Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah, how about him? Last night I thought, Clemson's going to win. They got the better team. They've been better all season long. What was I thinking? <laughs> Hello, money. See you right down the toilet. Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Matt, turning our attention now back to the Steelers. Landry Jones, I think, is a good backup. Yes. 
I thought that was one of the best things to take away from that game was he looked like he belonged. He looked comfortable, distributed the ball well. And Mark asked me actually about an hour ago, he's like, let's say Ben retires and they draft someone. Maybe Landry's the opening day starter for a month or holds on the fort for a little while. And a year ago, I'd have said, no, ew. And that's being too hard on him, as Steeler Nation is, and I'm part of that. But I came away going from that game that if he starts some games for you at this stage of his career, that's not so bad. And there's a lot worse out there. If he started every game next year. And Bell's back. And Bell's back, and Brown's Brown. And And oh, by the way, Juju's Juju's really freaking good. We're (laughs) going to get to him in a second. I think they could win nine games. I might even take the over, especially if... Your first round pick is a safety, or right. nine, you know you're a little better on defense. You fix some of those issues. Um, you really only lose, say Hubbard. You know you're throwing the Juju and Brown and McDonald and Bell and Bryant. I mean, it would be a different formula, but in a way, Ben hasn't been asked to make as many crazy throws mm. and put the team on his offense, you know, on his shoulders either. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would pick them right this second in that scenario to win the North. I think so, too. That's yeah, not saying a lot. It's but, not. Right. And I don't want to talk about this yeah, it's in, not really in, topic, in but. depth because the Steelers are obviously going to the playoffs, and they've got a legit chance to win the Super Bowl here. But, but I do think it's worth saying Landry Jones is an asset to this team, not even for Week 17s, but maybe for the next couple of years if seven's on a round. Certainly not the luxury pick that everyone called it at the time. Right. You you can. And it also kind of makes you wonder why did you take Dobbs? It's a good point. You know, maybe maybe you count lightning in a bottle and he's Dak Prescott or whatever. Or you hope that maybe Landry prices himself out or something, mm-hmm. and Dobbs is the next Landry. Right. 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 I mean, it's never a bad idea to add a quarterback no. that has some talent. But you know, I mean, he's really the odd guy out, though. If the Steelers win the Super Bowl, why? I think the offense might be the best in the league. Yeah. I mean, the defense scares me more. Than Sunday indicated. I mean, just because they stopped the run against the Browns, I'm not sold that they can stop the they run. They gave up four 30-plus-yard plays. They keep letting up big plays left and right. That's not stopping. I don't think that's stopping. I and mean, that's who they are. And I like their corners, but Mitchell, to me, I mean, doesn't do anything. And they need to address that position. They need a rangy, free-safety, take-away-big-play guy, you know, that covers a ton of ground. And not even big-play-related, no matter who they play, are going to attack those inside linebackers. Oh my God! Without mercy, especially Brady. You have to, right? Yeah. That that that's the way you go about that. Uh, Matt, you bring up a good name, Mike Mitchell, because they're giving up a lot of these big plays. And I know that in this last game, you had Joe Hayden pointing at, at, a couple of times. Uh, Joe Hayden, as the play is going on, he's pointing. Okay, that, he's. I know what he's doing here. You better be over the top. But Mike Mitchell, I've defended. I think he's better than a lot of Yinders think he is. Well, I, I thought that coming into these last maybe eight or nine games. He yeah. has not played well, I don't think. No, I don't either. I mean, I thought he played particularly poorly against the Browns. Yes. But that should be a big play position, a take-the-ball-away position. He gives you nothing there. And he's giving you nothing yeah. there. I mean, occasionally a big hit, that's fine. But get the ball in his hands. or And I don't expect him to be Earl Thomas or Ed Reed. I mean, a true single high safety that covers a ton of ground. But... I expect closer to that than what you're getting from the position. And, you know, the lack of athleticism in Shazier at the second level doesn't help either. And, you know, there's kind of that triangle, that inside linebacker free safety triangle right now 
that can be exposed. Yeah, especially by a Gronk or you know. Juju Smith Schuster is really good. Really good. Like really, really good. Yeah, like Mark just asked me, can he be a number one? And I didn't think ever until the last couple of weeks where I'm thinking maybe as the youngest player in the league, as he keeps getting better, the big plays keep coming, that he could be that they may have two number ones next year. You know, and he's only going to get better. Are Brown and Smith Schuster going to be the best pair of receivers in the league next year? Well, I think maybe. I think Brown takes a lot of that conversation to him. Sure. So I, I, I he, with his production plus whatever Juju brings, the production value should be better than what anybody has in the league. I would think. Yes. Or, or at least right there. I mean, is that better than Thielen and Diggs, or you know, Julio and his sidekick, or Odell or Shepard? I mean. Juju's got a lot more potential, I think, than a Sanu or somebody like that. I remember Andrew Filipponi from that station across the street. We like to dig at him a lot. He was bitching and moaning when the Steelers didn't draft a tight end in the draft. And that was a common thought at the time. Why are they taking Juju Smith-Schuster? They've got Martavis coming back. They hadn't traded for McDonald yet. Man, you need a playmaker. And when they brought in Ladarius Green, I didn't think they brought him in to be a quote-unquote tight end. They brought him in to make plays, mm-hmm. it just albeit at the tight end position. Like when people tell me all the I time, think they've been looking for a field stretcher there at the tight end position. Yes, they have. But taking Juju, I said at the time was the right move, and it's he's proved to be better than I thought he would be. But imagine where they'd be without him. Right. Here's my take on the pick, and I'm with you. I thought going into the draft, there was a high percentage chance they would draft a tight end in the top four rounds or so. It was a deep tight end draft. But I remember while we were broadcasting the draft, never was there a pick where I said, boy, the best player on the board is a tight end. It just didn't work out no. that way. You know, maybe if Najoku would have been there or every round there seemed to be a guy where, you know, where I just didn't think. And people said Jake pick, Butt, right? right? Oh, Jake Butt. He's oh, right, Jake Butt. Yeah, whatever. He'd be fine for next year, you know, but I mean, he's not better than McDonald probably. No. You know, whatever. But even like Shaheen, I liked. Or, you know, there was a bunch of them that I liked, but not for when the Steelers picked. I thought that was the best guy on the board. And when they took Juju. I didn't think receiver was a need. I thought they'd go secondary there. But I very much believe, and people in the know have told me, they just had a really high grade on him. You know, they basically had a first-round grade on this player, couldn't believe he was there. It's hard to argue with that, you know, especially the way they evaluate wide receivers. That's the best, you know, everyone else on the board's here, and he's up here on your list. It's like, how do you not take him? Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Last thing, and I got to do it. James Harrison, two sacks. Yep. Thoughts. Second one was just kind of a hustle sack. It wasn't a like, participation <laughs> sack, you know, coverage sack, whatever, cleanup sack. Um, but I do think it's noteworthy that not only did he have two sacks to finish the game, but he played about fifty percent of the snaps. You know, it wasn't like he just went out there for that last series and happened to get lucky type of deal. Like I think they look at him as a player that's they're counting on. You know, and part of it's by necessity. Their front seven's really bad. Um, but I do think, and this doesn't shock me, I didn't change my opinion on him, I think he can win against NFL tackles rushing the passer. And it's a little bit of a shortage of that here right now. But that doesn't mean you should have kept him around. I mean, you don't keep troubled people around. Or I think when you've had, and I'm going to get into this coming up in about five minutes here, I think when you've got 56 sacks like the Steelers do, mm-hmm. when, when you've set a team record. First and, in the league. First in the league, yeah. and the guy doesn't fit your system anymore because he's not going to be able to drop back into coverage. And you like what you've seen in Watt, and you hope that Bud Dupree continues to grow. You don't want to take snaps away from them. When you're winning, you let those guys flourish. 
I don't think that there's a problem with having let him go. Or even if Except he, you knew he was probably going to end up in New England. Well, okay, so yeah. you don't want to go that far then. I don't, but I'm with you. I don't think that there's a problem with him never having really seen the field here. Like, I understand why the Steelers didn't want to play him that much. And he doesn't help at all in special teams, like you said. Right. I mean, the, the other way of thinking about the other thing that could have happened was you could have just said, we're not releasing you. You're always going to be inactive. You're not welcome at the facility anymore. Go away and cut Daniel McCullers or somebody just so somebody else doesn't grab Harrison the rest of the year and still disciplined them or got, got rid of the problem that way. But, I mean, when the move happened, it was kind of like, well, I mean, he, he, isn't, he hasn't been helpful all year. He's looked kind of slow. Could he have good snaps in him? Absolutely. Thanks for the time, man. All right, brother. There he goes, Matt Williamson, Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio, and the Locked On NFL Podcast. Coming up next, we don't need no stinking Harrison. I got the definitive reason why. It's the Crowley Show. I heard from somebody earlier today that Todd Haley was involved in an incident. I was not going to report that via hearsay, but there are a couple of other people out there who are saying that Todd Haley got in trouble at Tequila Cowboy or that there was some sort of incident at Tequila Cowboy with he and his wife and the authorities were called. It goes with what I heard earlier today. I don't know any more details than that, but I've been told by somebody that I know that Todd Haley was involved in an incident and, well, Todd Haley is banged up now. We know this. That's what the Steelers say. Todd Haley's banged up. He'll be at the facility at some time here over the next couple of days. He hurt himself in a fall. Now, maybe that fall happened at Tequila Cowboy. But isn't this just typical Steelers? I mean, isn't this the gift that keeps on giving? They are the greatest team, maybe ever, to cover that's good. Like, bad teams, it's easy to do a radio show. People call up, people are pissed, fire this guy, fire that guy, cut this guy, cut that guy. The Steelers are good, damn good. They have the best record in the AFC. They're 13-3. and This is the best record Mike Tomlin's team has ever had. And week after week after week after week after week after week after week, some crazy bleep goes down. And the Steelers aren't even playing this week. So you're kind of thinking, what am I going to talk about here today on the old radio show? Got stuff to recap. What am I looking towards? Do I really preview all the wild card games? Nah, not really. And that's not the kind of show we do anyhow. And along comes Haley. Now, again, I don't know anything other than what I've heard. So I don't have details. But there are others out there now tweeting about that there was an incident, allegedly, at Tequila Cowboy. We wait to find more. 412-922-2874. Ray Fittipaldo will be joining us at 520. I'll ask Ray if he's heard anything. I'll also ask him about James Harrison. Because James Harrison had two sacks, the last two plays of the game, and I'm supposed to now think he's God's gift to pass rushing? If the dude was good, he would not have been cut. If the dude fit what the Steelers were doing, he would not have been cut. I don't think he's either of those things. He played a bunch of snaps. One of those sacks was a coverage sack. Good for him. The other sack was a sack. But what did he do the rest of the game? 
God bless Kelvin Beecham, the left tackle for the Jets, but he's not good. He was good for a bit here. Hadn't been great since he's left. James Harrison couldn't help the Steelers. I don't think, like what Matt said in the last segment, you can cut James Harrison or can keep him around, pardon me. You can keep him around and just inactivate him and turn that. That sounds like I'm turning a switch off on his back. Inactivate him like he's a robot. Up, oh, he's off. We're good. You can't just sit him down and say, hey, you're not playing. I think that would cause distraction. You got to let him go. But here's why James Harrison's not needed. Because Boston fans were hopping into my mentions this weekend. Oh, look what James Harrison did. I've seen how you're tweeting about how he's not good anymore. That's what James Harrison did. The Steelers lead the league and set a team record with 56 sacks this year. Getting pressure ain't a problem for this team. Steelers had six sacks on Sunday. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. You need two hands. Six. The Steelers' outside linebackers need to be able to do something other than rush the passer. Harrison can't. And other dudes can get to the quarterback. If you've got dudes who can already do what his best attribute is, and he can't do what's necessary for the defense, then why do you have him? You going to play him over T.J. Watt? Why? T.J. Watt's got more sacks this year than James Harrison has had in a season since 2011. You want to take TJ off the field for him? No. This is really the crux of the issue. The people saying, you could have found a way to shoehorn him in, at least for pass rushing situations. No, 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 no. Again, what? Seven sacks this year. Harrison hadn't had that many sacks in a season since 2011. It's now 2018, in case you haven't seen. That's why they shot off all the fireworks the other day. Steelers made a mistake with Jarvis Jones. They took him off the field in order to win. That's not a mistake. But the mistake is when you take him off the field, he doesn't develop. The Steelers are winning with young players. There's no need to stunt their development at the expense of the team. That's the difference in the Jarvis Jones situation. The Steelers needed James Harrison because Jarvis stunk. But you also wanted to see Jarvis develop, and you're caught in kind of a catch-22. Well, this year, the Steelers get after the quarterback. They're good. They've won 13 out of the 16 games they've played. You ain't sitting anybody for that guy if he's going to stunt their development and you're already winning the game in the first place. No need. And I'm sorry. He got two sacks against the Jets on the final two plays of the game. Oh, no, the dude's a stud. What's going to happen? False. He is not a stud. Good for James. He got his taste. You know what he got? Participation sacks. That's all it was. A couple of participation sacks. Exactly what you would expect James Harrison to hate, right? I'm James Harrison, and I want to contribute. Really? You contributed? Team was up by, what, 100 at that point? Really helped them win, didn't you, James? If they had completed a pass instead of you forcing that fumble, they would have won the game, right? Nope. They still would have been down 93. So good for you, James. Participation sack. He's not going to be the difference between New England and Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. He's not. Kelvin Beecham stinks. Kelvin Beecham's replacement in Pittsburgh was Alejandro Villanueva. You want to know why? Because Alejandro Villanueva wound up making a Pro Bowl this year. Kelvin Beecham ain't made a Pro Bowl 
Because Kelvin Beach was just a guy. And I think Alejandro Villanueva is a little overrated because he's Captain America, but he's still a lot better than Calvin Beach. James Harrison's not going to have his way with Captain America. It's not happening. 4129222874. Do you feel any different about the James Harrison, we'll call it situation, since you saw that the guy had a couple of sacks? Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. That's four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. It's one of the things that was discussed last Friday, all over time. James Harrison thought he was going to play twenty five percent of the snaps coming into the year, and some said that the Steelers misled him. The Steelers didn't know what they had in T.J. Watt. They didn't know T.J. Watt was going to be this good this quickly. You draft the first-round pick to be good, but you don't know he's going to be that good that quick. He was that good that quick. He's damn good. Again, more sacks this year than James has had since 2011. Who is he going to play instead of? He can't play inside linebacker. The Steelers have good outside linebackers. Where is he going to play? All James Harrison was to this team was an insurance policy. That's it. An insurance policy. And that's okay. But when you find out you don't need the guy, I don't see any reason why you can't cut him. You feel any differently after he got two sacks? 412-922-2874. Let's go to one of our favorites. He is Devin. Devin, Happy New Year. What's going on? Happy New Year, brother. I hope you were. I hope it was a good one for you. Better than Todd Haley's, it sounds like. Oh, uh, man, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. That's, that's crazy how so many stories come out that have nothing to do with football. Well, it is going to look really bad for the Steelers if they released a statement saying he fell, and it does turn out to be true that there were police involved in an incident. That's going to look bad. It's going to turn out it's going to look bad for him to turn out he got in a bar fight and he's like 57 years old. I know, man. That's not a good look. And it, for for a guy who's already not all that popular, and I'm a big Todd fan. And in fact, a bar fight at 57 probably makes me like him more. Uh, I I I don't think that that's a good look for him, especially in this town. But what's on your mind? What do you got? What do you got when it comes to Harrison, Devin? I got who cares, brother? For real, who cares? Did you care before? You didn't. You know, I didn't care before. Who cares, man? You're I'm talking about James Harrison. You were on the NFL Network, you know. Yeah, all right. Thanks to you. No, thanks to you. And thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah. 412-922-2874. That is going to be bad. If it turns out that there was something that went down, I'm not saying there was or wasn't. I'm just saying what I've heard. It's a bad look if something went down. Should I? Do I need to be liberal with my allegedly's here? Is that what I need to do? Be liberal with the allegedly? You got to throw them around pretty easily. Yeah. 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 yeah toss them everywhere. Allegedly, what I heard is that allegedly something went down, allegedly with Todd Haley, allegedly at Tequila Cowboy. See, look, here's here's expert PR speak right here. We didn't say how he fell. Boom. Done. I love this team. It's such a great team. I love them. It's the best team to cover in the entire world. Bro, when, really when the Steelers were 15-1, and one, they were awesome. But it was... It was how boring would that must have how that, how how boring must that have been to be a talk radio host at that time? Uh, Ben's coming in. It's great. 
It's great. Oh, Ben's the best. And, you know, for me, there's nostalgia. And, hey, we're going back to the Super Bowl and the towels are, are waving. And that was all fun. But, oh, this is better. This is better. This is so much better because not only do they win, every week they win. They're 13-3. and three. But they just give you the sex, right? There are good TV shows. And HBO gets a lot of ratings because they got the good TV shows with sex, right? And I think there's a difference there. Like, Seinfeld's funny. Curb, to me, is better because Curb is like adult Seinfeld. One, two, three. And I think that that's what the Steelers provide here. The the Steelers, it's like a great TV show. They win every single week. But now they give you that, like, dirty feeling. Really? Yeah, what else? I'm rooting for these nut jobs. I'm rooting for the guiding light, basically, is what's going on here. You're, You're rooting for a soap opera. And if Todd Haley really did have the police called the Tequila Cowboy for stuff going down, that's the best one of the year, right? Oh, it, it it's going to be hard to top, that's for sure. And this goes way back to the beginning of the season. Remember when we're desperately searching for video footage of Porter? Like at the bar, oh my you know, God. I mean, it goes so far back that there's so much, so many little things that we've actually forgotten as the season has gone. It's just nothing but nonstop, just goodness. And it's not like people were getting hurt over it. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe, maybe Haley might be a little hurt, <laughs> and maybe whoever uh, Joey might have swung at allegedly might have gotten a little hurt. But I mean, this is good stuff. It's not like major crimes or anything like this. It's just enough pepper to keep us going. I love. I love him. Here's Todd Haley talking about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's one of the most accurate throwers, I think, in the league. You know, when you watch him on a daily basis, he's working with oh, some different guys. You know, there's been uh, right, Kate, Todd? a little uh, movement within the receiver group.